Welcome. We're in uh, week three of our relationship series. Mike kicked it off a, a couple weeks ago with an incredible message and, and talked about loving our enemies, right? We just went right at it right from the very beginning. And, and uh, it was such a powerful message of, of loving those, those people in our lives, right? The ones that are just difficult to love. And, and throughout that message, we identified or you identified, um, probably God brought to your mind and to your heart some of those people in your life that are, are tough for you to love. And so we identified who they are. And then last week, we talked a little bit and we kind of dove into to how we begin to love those people. We talked about accepting people the way that God has accepted us, right? And, and we looked at the fact that every one of us is made in God's image and that from that, that God asks us to accept people. It doesn't mean we have to approve of everything that, that they do in their lives, but we're called to accept, we're called to love people where they are. That's our mission as a church and, and we are the church. And so we, we live that out. This week, we're gonna talk about, as you've, uh, as you've heard throughout the, the entire theme of this service, we're gonna talk about Forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is one of those things. It is so important to God that he gave us an opportunity to practice it every day. And it's called family, right? It's called family. And so we practice this forgiveness thing. Some of you, um, some of you married your forgiveness opportunity. And then every day you're, um, you're reminded about the opportunities you have. Some of you took that a step further and you gave birth to more opportunities to practice forgiveness on a regular basis. And all of us, right, no matter, no matter what our, our situation is, all of us are related to a bunch of opportunities that we didn't even get a say in it. We didn't get to choose it, but they've got the same last name, the same DNA. Some of them live in our house, right? And we just have to learn how to deal with all of this. Forgiveness is a, it's an essential part of every healthy relationship, right? If you wanna have a healthy relationship, you wanna have a, a healthy family, work environment, school, whatever, forgiveness is, is a, a, an, an integral part of making sure that that happens. Now, I was taught early in, in, my, in our marriage um, three phrases, three things to say every single day that would make, um, that would make our marriage incredible. And, uh, and guys, you might wanna take note on this. This is gold that I'm about to share with you. Um, good stuff. Here's the first one, three phrases. First one is this. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Just start right from the beginning with yes, dear. And I know some of you are saying, well, that sounds like you're giving up. Yep. That's exactly it. It's just surrender from the beginning. Because I know eventually I'm going to end up there. I might as well just start there, right? And so it's just, yes, dear is the first one. Second one is, I love you, right? Every single day you say, I love you. And here's the reason why. Because at some point in the day, you're going to do something that you're going to want to point back to that and go, remember, I, I love you, <laughs> right? And then, so that's the second one. And then the third one is, is I'm sorry, right? Because whatever it is that you end up doing, or if you haven't done it yet, you will do it at some point. You just want to just own that right up front. And so, yes, dear and uh, I love you, and I'm sorry. Now, my wife, Laura, she thinks there's a fourth one. She wants me to say, you're right, all the time. At which I say to her, I know I am. And then she gives me that look, right? Guys, have you ever gotten the, the look? Ladies, I, do you guys practice this? Is this like a, a class in junior high where they pull you aside and they teach you how to do it? Because you're all so good at it, right? That, that look that you, can, that you can give us. Guys, we, uh, we've got a couple of those phrases, right? We say, I love you and I'm sorry. Ladies, you just say, I'm, I'm sorry, I love you. And, uh, and you just... <laughs> We have to live with that. Now, I'm not exactly sure when Mike and I were coming up with this series and, and we were talking about the topics. I, I'm not sure how this one, um, this topic fell on, on, on my plate. I, I, it's one of two reasons. I think one is either because I'm Canadian and saying sorry is just what we do, right? Sorry, eh? Um, it's, just, it's just kind of our thing. Um, it's just how we roll. Or the other is because I've got a, a ton of experience in this. Uh, there's been five or six people in my life that I've had to work really, really hard at, at coming to a place where I had completely forgiven them. They had hurt me, they had done something in my life, they had hurt my family, whatever it is, and, and I'd had to work through to that place. And there's been five or six million times where I have had to ask 
for forgiveness. I am married to the greatest forgiver in the world. If there's a, a spiritual gift of forgiveness, Laura absolutely has it. You see, we all deal with this in life, don't we? We all deal with the fact that we need to ask for forgiveness. We all deal with the fact that, that we need to receive it from God and, and from others sometimes, actually probably all the time, knowing that we don't deserve it at all. We all know that we have to, to deal with the fact that we have to release people who have hurt us, some that have hurt us incredibly, incredibly deeply. When I started writing this a couple weeks ago, I went back to some notes that I took um, several years ago from a message from Rick Warren when I was at Saddleback that impacted me deeply. When I was at a place in my life where I was not only forgiving someone who had hurt me, but I was, I was in, in a process of, of asking a lot of people in my life for forgiveness because I had, I had done some stuff to, to hurt them as well. And so to start this out, I want to give you a little bit of a, a quiz. I want, to, I want to test you on some things. You, you won't need your phone. You don't, don't Google these things. You don't have to phone a friend or anything. Just in, in your mind, I want you just to write a true or false to the, as the answers to these questions. And don't worry if you get any of them wrong. I forgive you. So we're all good right there. So we'll just look up front. All right, here's a quiz. Here's the first one. A person should not be forgiven until he or she asks for it. True or False. Right? They, they got to ask for forgiveness before I should forgive them. True or false? Here's the second one. Forgiving includes minimizing the offense and the pain caused. When I forgive someone, right, I, I can just kind of blow it off and just say, okay, yeah, it's, it's done and it, it didn't hurt me anymore. And the, the consequences, the offense, the, the pain, I, I'm just going to minimize that because that's what true forgiveness is. True or false in your mind? Third one is this. Forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting relationships. If you've truly forgiven someone, right, you're gonna restore trust in that relationship. You're gonna bring that relationship back together. That's what it means to truly forgive, true or false. Fourth one, you haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. You've heard the saying, forgive and forget, true or false. Here's a fifth one. When you forgive, it removes the consequences of their actions. When you finally forgive someone, right, then they're off the hook and, and it removes the consequences of what it is that they did to you, true or false. You see, when you look into the Bible, what you discover is that God has all kinds of things that he says about forgiveness. And in fact, as you read through it, you're gonna find out that all five of those statements are false, every single one of them. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about what, what real forgiveness is. We're gonna take a look at five things that forgiveness isn't, and then we're gonna take a look at a story in the life of Jesus. And, and from that, we're gonna see a, a couple of things of why forgiveness is so important to us. And at the end, I'm gonna give you four steps on how you can begin to move on and, and maybe even forgive someone today. For some of us, some of us today, we're gonna to have the opportunity to walk out of here and we're gonna be able to leave behind the baggage that we brought in. Baggage that we, for some of us, have been carrying for weeks for months, for years, for decades, right? From someone that hurt us. And we've just been carrying around that bitterness and that hurt and that pain and that resentment, the desire for revenge, the anger, the isolation, the loneliness. You're gonna have a chance to walk away. And I know for some of you, for some of you as you're sitting here right now, you're even saying, Donnie, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not ready to do that. If you knew my story, if you knew how much I had been hurt, if you knew the, the depth of the pain that I'm feeling, there is no way that I am ready to forgive someone today. And let me just say to you, that's, that's okay. I, I can't make you, I don't want to make you do that. But here's what I would challenge you to do. Don't, don't check out on this. Just because you're in a place where maybe you know already, I'm not gonna make that decision today. Don't check out on this message. In fact, here's what I would challenge you to do. Take good notes. Because at some point in your life, you're probably gonna get to a place where you realize 
that this pain isn't worth carrying anymore. You're gonna get to a place where you want to discover peace and you wanna discover healing in your life. And maybe this is something that helps you as you go back to it and begin to work through that process of forgiveness. Here's a a few things of, of what forgiveness isn't. The first is this, forgiveness isn't conditional. It isn't. Forgiveness is absolutely unconditional. There's no attachment to it. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can't bargain for forgiveness. Forgiveness is not based on a promise to never do it again. Forgiveness is unconditional. If you offer it to someone, you do it whether they ask for it or not. You do it whether they deserve it or not. See, when somebody says, I'll forgive you if, that's not forgiveness, that's, that's bargaining. Forgiveness is always unconditional. It's always built on grace. You do it not because the person deserves it. In fact, nobody deserves forgiveness. You don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve forgiveness. We do it simply because Jesus modeled it. When Jesus stretched out his hands on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. No one in the crowd had yelled up, God, will you forgive us? Jesus, will you forgive us for what we're doing to you? No one had said that. Jesus simply offered it. He took the initiative in it. See, whatever the offense, our job is to forgive unconditionally. Here's the second thing. Forgiveness isn't minimizing the seriousness of the offense. Here's what I mean by that. When someone asks you for forgiveness and you say, it really didn't hurt. Right? It's okay, it didn't bother me, it wasn't that big of a deal. If it wasn't a big deal, then don't make it a big deal. There's a difference between being wounded and being wronged. Wounds only require acceptance, they only require patience to work through. Right? Somebody says something about you that, that hurts your feelings, or, or they didn't notice that you got your hair done this week. Right? I, I've been shaving my head differently all week. Not a single person has noticed. Right? It hurts my heart, but that's just a, a wound. Right? The daily stuff that happens in our marriages, those things don't require forgiveness. Being wronged, though, that requires forgiveness. When someone does something to hurt you intentionally, When your business partner rips you off, when at school you do all the work, you come up with this incredible idea, but but someone else in your your class turns it in, they take credit for it, They, they get the grade. When someone lies to you, when someone gossips about you, when they hurt you physically, when they've done something intentionally to hurt you, wrongs require forgiveness. Forgiveness is reserved for the big stuff in our lives. Here's the third thing. Forgiveness isn't resuming a relationship without change. See, forgiveness is what you do as the offended person and it's unconditional. But resuming the relationship, fixing a relationship is absolutely conditional. It has to be earned by the person who caused the offense. You see, just saying I'm sorry isn't enough to to restore a relationship. In fact, in the Bible, it it says that there are three things that are absolutely essential if you're gonna fix a a relationship, a, a relationship that's been broken. And all three have to be done by the person who caused the offense. The first is this, is you have to be genuinely repentant. It's not enough just to say, oh, I'm sorry, right? But you have to own it. You have to be broken by what you did. You have to say, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me for this? Second thing, second requirement is to to restore a relationship is restitution, is restitution. You may have to physically or or materially pay back someone. You may have to go out of your way to try and restore a reputation or repair the damage that you've done. Just because you've been forgiven doesn't mean that you're off the hook. There's restitution that you have to pay. And the third requirement to restoring a relationship is rebuilding trust. 
You see, forgiveness is immediate. It's, it's instant. But to earn trust, it takes time. You have to rebuild that over time. It takes effort. It takes work. It's not something that's just offered to you automatically. Let me give you an example of that. Imagine there's a, a spouse, a, an abusive alcoholic spouse. And he or she comes back to her spouse and they say, I, I'm really sorry about this. I, I really have a desire to change. I feel bad about it. I, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? The response from that person is, should be yes, I, I forgive you. But then they say, would you, uh, would you let me back in the house? So that's a whole nother matter, isn't it? Right? That's something that has to be based on repentance. That's something that has to be based on restitution. Trust has to be rebuilt in that relationship. So you can lose trust in a second. But rebuilding a relationship, restoring trust takes time and it takes work and it takes effort. Here's the fourth thing. Forgiveness isn't forgetting what's happened. See, some of you are afraid to forgive someone who's hurt you. Like, Donnie, if you, if you knew my story, if you knew the, the depth of the pain, right? I, they hurt me so bad, I, I don't wanna let it go. I don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to forget what it is that they, they did to me. Maybe you've heard that advice. You need to forgive and, and forget. See, the problem with that is, is you can't do it. Forgetting something is, is absolutely impossible. The, the more you try to forget something in your life, the more you actually spend time thinking about it and, and ingraining that memory even, even deeper. You'll never forget it. Now, as you forgive and as you begin to heal and move out over time, you will think of it less often, but you'll never fully forget what that person did to you. You'll never forget the hurt. But what if I told you today that God actually doesn't want you to forget? that there's something actually better than forgiving and forgetting. It's, it's forgiving and then remembering the hurt so that we can see how God can bring good out of it. Romans 8, 28, one of the greatest verses in the Bible says this, and we know, not guess, right? Not think, not even hope that this is true, but, but we know that in all things, not some things, not just the good things, not even the things that are, are just easy to move past, but in all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good. Not all things are good, because we know that that's not true. But we know that in all things that happen in your life, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What an incredible verse. Right? The Bible says that if I love God and I follow his purposes, I, I follow his ways in my life, that I'm gonna go through difficult times. There's gonna be hurts, there's gonna be pains, there's gonna be things that happen in my life, but God had promises to work out all things for good. He's gonna take that brokenness, he's gonna take that hurt and he's gonna turn it into something beautiful. He's gonna turn it into something useful. He's gonna allow me to use this in my life to grow from it and to impact the lives of people around us. See, if you've had someone that's gossiped behind your back, maybe, maybe more on the slander side where they said things about you that aren't true, or maybe they took some truths that you shared with them in privacy, trusting that they would keep it to themselves, and they shared it with a bunch of other people. And you might be in the place where you say, Tony, I, I can't forget that. The good news is you don't have to. God doesn't want you to forget it. He wants you to forgive and then to remember and watch and see how he can take a broken thing and make it beautiful. Here's the fifth thing. Forgiveness doesn't remove the consequences of their actions. Forgiveness doesn't remove the consequences 
of their actions. It never eliminates them. See, a prisoner can be repentant and, and be forgiven, but they're still gonna have to serve their time. They're gonna have to pay their debt to society. A drug addict can be forgiven of their addiction, but they're still gonna carry the scars of that addiction for the rest of their life. A parent who has abandoned their family, yeah, they can be forgiven, right? But the spouse that's left behind, the, the children that are left behind, they're always going to carry the consequences of that decision for the rest of their lives. And it wasn't their fault. So there's always consequences to sin. It always hurts somebody. Every time we mess up, every time we sin, not only does it hurt us, but it hurts those that we have close relationships with. Forgiveness doesn't get rid of consequences. I love this quote. It says this, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. So that's what forgiveness isn't. But God wants to show us a couple of reasons of why it's so important for us to let go of our past, why it's so important for us to release those people in our lives that have hurt us, whether they deserve it or not. Because the, the ultimate truth is that we don't deserve forgiveness either, do we? So if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 18. We're gonna pick this story up in, uh, in verse 21. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. You can follow along on the, on the side screens um, with us. Let me just give you a quick little background of what's happening here. Jesus had just been teaching the disciples about the importance of how they treat others. And so they've been hanging out and just having some little side conversations and, and Jesus is kind of wrapping it up and, and talking about the, the way that you love others, the way that you treat others is so important. And then Peter kind of pulls Jesus aside for this little, this little side conversation that they have. In verse 21, it says this, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to, to seven times? Now here's the, the deal. We need to understand the, the culture and the custom at that time was that it was enough to forgive someone three times for an offense. But on the fourth time, you didn't need to forgive them anymore, right? Kind of like the, the soup Nazi in, in Seinfeld, like no forgiveness for you, right? Like, like you're done. I've, I've hit my three. I don't need to forgive you anymore. I'm allowed to hate you. Life is good, right? We're just gonna move on in this direction. And so all of a sudden you've got Peter and, and he's having this conversation with Jesus and he offers seven times. And we don't know exactly why he offers seven times. Maybe it's to show his generosity and his compassion. Maybe it's because the number seven represented completeness. But for whatever reason, Peter's saying, Jesus, I'm willing to take it even higher. I'm willing to take it to seven times. Jesus answered in verse 22, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Here goes Jesus raising the bar again, right? His answer wasn't meant to be literal. He was not saying, Peter, I want you to keep track. I want you to, to keep a tally on this. And when you get to 77, then you're absolutely done. What Jesus is saying is the opposite. He says, in fact, the, the statement means you don't keep count at all, Peter. If someone needs forgiveness, you, you forgive them. If they hurt you again, you forgive and you forgive and you forgive and you forgive. As many times as you need to forgive, there's no limits to this. We need to offer forgiveness. And Jesus is about to show us in this story that as followers of him, because we've been forgiven so much that we should be free in our forgiveness towards others. Verse 23, Jesus says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. 
be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Can you imagine how incredible this, this must have felt for this guy, the burden, the, the weight that has been lifted off of him. The consequences for his family are, are, are gone. This is the greatest gift that this man could ever have received in, in that moment, right? Is, is that he has been forgiven of an unpayable debt. Imagine if that was you. Imagine how you would spend the rest of your day, right? Your credit card statements are, are cut up. Your mortgage and your car payments are, are paid off. Your student loans, gone, Right? Imagine what that's like. You'd be running around everywhere, right? Your response would be, I gotta tell you what has just happened. I gotta tell you what this guy has done in my life. I've been forgiven of it all. I had this huge debt. It is gone. This is incredible. Imagine how great it would have been to be the, the waiter or waitress for this guy at lunch, right? Because you have to imagine the generosity he's just received. He's gonna be generous back, right? He is gonna tip really, really well that afternoon, right? This is incredible. Look what happens in verse 28. But then that servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You see, we can assume from this story that, that God is very, very serious about this concept of forgiveness. See, in, in Jewish law, the uh, torture was, was illegal, but it was common in the ancient world for torture to be used to, uh, to help reveal sources of money that people had hidden so that they could repay their debts. Getting into debt in the ancient world was very serious business and being forgiven of that debt was, was unheard of. And so God is painting a picture for us, for us of the, the seriousness of forgiveness. He's painting a picture for us of the, the seriousness of what he has done for us and he's painting a picture of us of the, for us of the, the seriousness of what he expects from us. So why, why must I forgive? Well, here's a couple of reasons. The first is this, we forgive others because because God forgave us. You see, because God has forgiven all of our sins through Jesus' death and resurrection, we can't hold back forgiving others that have hurt us. When we realize how completely Jesus has forgiven us, you and me, it should produce a, a free and generous spirit within us that, that we are quick to forgive those in our lives that hurt us. Colossians 3.13 says this, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, the reason some of us have a, a hard time forgiving other people is because we don't feel like we've been forgiven ourselves. 
You're never gonna find it easy to forgive others if, if you don't feel forgiven first. So if you're gonna be a forgiving person, you first need to accept the forgiveness of God that is found through relationship with Jesus Christ. See, when Jesus came to earth and, and when he died on that cross, he paid the penalty of every sin that I will ever commit. He paid the penalty of every sin that you will ever commit. In fact, on the cross, he had already paid for the ones that, that I haven't even thought of that are gonna happen next week or, or next month or, or next year. Jesus paid a debt that you couldn't pay for yourself. And when you realize how much God has left you, let you off the hook, it makes you so much more giving. When you realize that and experience grace, it makes us more gracious. When we understand and experience forgiveness in that magnitude, it should make us absolutely forgiving towards others. See, if you haven't accepted that forgiveness from God, later I'm gonna pray at the end of this message and, and I would challenge you today that God loves you so much that he wants to wipe away that debt in your life. He wants to set you free. And for some of us, we've been trying to, to find that. We've been trying to figure that out on our own. We try to buy our way out of it. We try to do it through relationships, through success, through, through material things. We, we tried all these different ways and we're exhausted because we know that we can't get rid of the, the shame and the guilt of, of our sin, the weight of it we carry around with us. And today you have the opportunity to say, God, I'm gonna put my trust in you and have that debt completely released. Today, we're gonna celebrate communion after service and you're gonna have an opportunity to go and to spend some time and to remember and celebrate that through Jesus' death and resurrection, you've been forgiven of all your sin. See, I must forgive because God has forgiven me. The, the fact is, is that I will never be asked to forgive more than, than, um, than God has already forgiven me. Right? God has forgiven me of, of everything. And so it makes it so much, it puts it in perspective, right? It makes it so much smaller to forgive someone of one thing or two things, even 10 things, when I compare it to how much God has forgiven me in my life. Here's the second thing. We forgive others so that we can gain control of our lives from hurt emotions. When we don't forgive emotions like hurt and bitterness, resentment and grudges, retaliation and anger, loneliness and depression and selfishness, all of those things set into our lives when we choose not to forgive. And the result of those emotions is that they begin to control us. See, every time you say you hate something, that hate now controls you. Every time you resent someone or something and you become bitter and you become angry about it, it controls you. Maybe you've heard yourself say this statement before, you make me so mad. Think about that. You make me so mad. What you're saying is that I admit that you're controlling me right now. I don't want to be mad, but, but I'm feeling weaker than you. I feel inferior to you, and I'm allowing you to control my emotions. Let's say uh, today after, after service that when you get out, there's just a, a little bit of traffic as you're trying to, to get out of the parking lot, right? Just a little bit, right? And then on your way out, you, uh, you get cut off by someone, Right, imagine this. So I'm trying to drive out and, and someone cuts me off and, and, and you know what happens, right? The blood starts pumping and, and I want to shave a number three in my back hair and go all NASCAR on this guy, right? Like I'm going to track this guy down and we're going we're gonna to do business in the parking lot, right? And I'm all upset, but this guy is completely oblivious. He has no idea that he even cut me off. And I go home and I, and I tell Laura, I'm like, you won't believe what happened to me at church today. This guy just cut me right off, Right? And, and, and I'm just, I'm angry. Meanwhile, he's at, at Chick-fil-A having lunch. Oh, it's Sunday. Sorry, he's not at Chick-fil-A. It's, it's closed today. 
but they're going to crave it all day now. So sorry about that. Uh, forgive me. Forgive me. It's, it's not my fault. Right? And he, wherever he's having lunch, he's sitting there and he's not worried about it at all. And so who's that resentment hurting? It's hurting me, isn't it? He doesn't even know that he did it. He's not worried about it. But resentment always hurts you more than it does the other person. You see, resentment can't change your past. No matter how much you resent someone or something, it's not going to change what happened to you. Resentment will never correct the problem. It'll never fix anything. You won't feel better because you resent someone. It's never going to make what happened go away. In fact, all that happens is that you end up feeling worse as a result. The most miserable people in life are, are bitter people. And it's unhealthy for us because it doesn't help us in any way. You see, your past is the past. And so you need to put it in the past. You need to let it go. It can't hurt you anymore. It's over. Now, hear me. I'm not minimizing your hurt. Someone hurt you. Someone may have hurt you incredibly deeply, right? You have this pain that you've been carrying around. I get that. But they can't continue to hurt you unless you choose to allow them to. See, this is how it happens. We, we hold on to the hurt. And then we rehearse it over and over and over again in our minds. And we allow people from our past to continue to hurt us in the present. Some of you are allowing people who hurt you 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Some of those people aren't even alive anymore. But you're allowing them to continue to hurt you now. Here's my challenge. Don't, don't let it happen. They can't hurt you anymore if you just allow the past to be in the past. As long as you choose, though, not to forgive someone, you're going to continue to hurt and hurt and hurt. You see, you don't let them off the hook for their sake. You, it's not that they deserve it. They don't. You let them off for your sake because it's absolutely destroying your life. Those people long ago, they started thinking about something else. They've moved on. You're the one that's carrying around this emotional mess as a result. You've gotta, you gotta let it go. Feels like we should break out into a Disney song right there, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. Um, Ecclesiastes 7.9 says this, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. It means if you're holding on to a grudge, you're acting foolish because when you hold on to that grudge, you're, you're not hurting the other person, you're only hurting yourself. So let me give you four steps, four things that I use in my life. I'm not saying it's the, the total list or a perfect list, but four things that I use to, when I need to forgive someone. Here's the first is I, I start by asking God for help. And the cool part of this is that you don't have to do this alone, right? That, that God wants to journey with you. He wants to help you through this. And when we take time and we reflect and we remember how much God has done for us, how much he has forgiven us, it puts us in a place of, of gratitude, Right? When we live in that place of appreciation for what God has done in our lives, it makes it easier, not easy, but easier for us to forgive others. The second step is this, is that you release the person from the dead. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Write down all of the offenses, whether you do it physically or, or mentally, it doesn't matter, with all of the emotions and all of the actions that it has caused you to take as a result. Write all of those things down, and when you're done with that list, tear it up throw it in the trash, throw it in the fire, burn it, do whatever you need to do with it. But you tear it up and you release them of the debt, not because they deserve it, but because you want to set yourself free. The third thing is this then, is you check your heart. 
And you repeat this as often as needed. See, what happens when you see that person? What happens when you hear their, their name? What happens when they, when they come to mind? When you think of them, right? Do those emotions come back? Does the anger show up again? Does the, the bitterness, the resentment, the desire for revenge, if it does, I want you to hear this very, very clearly. It doesn't mean that you failed. You didn't. In fact, you took a step closer to forgiving that person. What you need to do at that point is you need to repeat steps one through three all over again. And so you go back and you ask God to help you with this. And you make another list with the new emotions and the new feelings and the new actions. And then you destroy that list and you release them of the debt. And then you check your heart again. And you keep doing this as over as many times as you need to until you get to that place where you're finally free. I've had to do this in my life and it's been times where it's taken me weeks to work through this. Times where I thought I had it. I thought I had finally forgiven someone and then I, I, I would see their face and be like, oh, right, the anger would come back and the, I wanna hurt them would come back and all those things. And I realized I'm not quite there yet and I've gotta work through this again. And so you keep going through those steps until you get to the place where the emotions are gone and, and you're free. And, and here's the test that I use. When I can get to the place where I can pray for their well-being, when I can pray for God to bless them, because when I go back and remember that all of us are made in God's image and that God loves all of us, then when I can get to that place where I've been, I know I'm free, when I can pray for God to bless them in their lives. Doesn't mean that they deserve it. Doesn't mean that, they're, that they don't have to pay for the consequences of what they did. But I'm free as a result. And here's the fourth step. The fourth one is this, is that you, you use it. You use it in your life. You evaluate your life. Is there anyone that I need to ask to forgive me. You see, there, there's consequences for our choices. And for some of us, the longer we carry around that baggage, the longer we carry around the bitterness and the resentment and the, 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 the hurt, the desire for, for revenge, it comes out in other relationships. It comes out in every area of our lives, which means there's probably now some people that we need to apologize to. There's, there's some, some damage control that we're gonna have to do. And then when you get to that place, then, then you can begin to ask yourself, who can I help find freedom through forgiveness as well? See, here's what I truly believe, that God never wastes a, a hurt. And this is why he didn't create us to forget. He wants us to remember not only what he did for us, but he wants us to remember that through these hurts, when God takes broken things and, and makes them beautiful, that, that we can help others with that. See, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Let me ask you a question as we wrap this up. What do you need to do today? What is it that you need to do? For some, for some, you need to start by asking God to forgive you. You haven't had that conversation with God in a while. Maybe for some of us for the very first time today is saying, God, I, I want this forgiveness. I want this relationship with you. I need this forgiveness in my life. For some, it's, it's the question is, do you, do you need to forgive someone? There's someone in your life that you need to work through those, those steps. For some of us, you're, you're choosing to do it right now, and that's fantastic. Maybe the question for some of us is, is, do I need to ask for forgiveness? As we've been talking about this, someone came to mind. You know as soon as this service is done, as soon as you get out of here, you need to grab your phone. You need to call that person. You need to say, I am so sorry. I was wrong. Right? I hurt you, I know that I did. And I'm sorry that it took this long, but, but I, I, I'm truly, truly sorry for what I did. 
And I, I wanna try and, and, and do some restitution. I wanna try and, and fix the damage that I've caused. And I wanna rebuild trust as much as you're willing to let me because the person that you offended, they're in control now. But for some of us, that's what we need to do. For some of us, we didn't get a chance to talk about this at all today, but for some of us, you need to forgive yourself. See, here's what I believe. If God's forgiven you of everything that you've ever done in your life, then there's no reason for you to hold on to the things that you've been holding on to. The stuff from your past, let it go. Let it go. We've got a couple classes coming up beginning in May that may help you. And these may be two things that you wanna check out, one of the, the two of them. One is called Total Forgiveness. It's practical steps that can help you unlock a forgiving heart. The other is called Unstuck. And it addresses how to move forward regardless of what seems to be holding you back. And you can go online to um, gethope.net and you can sign up there. You can go to Next Steps. But for some of us, one of those two classes may be what we need to move into that place of freedom and let go what we've been holding on to. Imagine what this would look like in your life. Imagine if, if you could get to that place. And for some of us today, you are at that place. Some of us, as we've been sitting here, you've, you've chosen today, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna forgive that person. I am leaving the baggage that I brought in behind and I'm gonna walk out free today. And I am so excited for you. We wanna celebrate that with you. In fact, I would, I would challenge you to tell somebody before you go today, whether it's the person that brought you, that you came with, or one of our ushers or greeters, one of the pastors outside, we would love to hear that. We wanna celebrate with you because this is an incredible thing if you're making that decision today. For some of us, I know you're sitting here and you're like, Tony, I want to, but... I just can't do it right now. It's okay. It's all right. But here's what I would challenge you to do. Keep working toward it. Work through those steps. Begin to get to that place where you release them of their debt, not for their sake, but for your sake and set yourself free. Imagine a church. Imagine a church that was known as being a place that forgave people as many times as they need it for whatever it is that, that happened in our lives. That'd be an attractive place in our broken communities and our broken world, wouldn't it? Let's be that church. Let's be that church. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your incredible grace and love. God, for some of us today, for the very first time, we're hearing about this love that you have for us. And for some of us today, we, we know that we want and we need this forgiveness that you're offering to us, God. And if you're in that place today, Here's what I would just ask you to do in the quiet of your heart. Will you just pray something like this? You can follow along just in, in the quietness of, of your heart just after me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for, for dying for my sin. I confess my sin to you. I am so sorry for the way that I've been living my life. I trust you with my past and with my present and with my future. Thank you for forgiving me. See, if you prayed that prayer right now, then I want you to know that, that through Jesus and through his grace that you have been forgiven. That anything that has happened in your life, anything that will happen in the future, that God has forgiven you and you're beginning a brand new relationship with him that changes everything. It's the greatest decision you will ever make. For some of us here today, for many of us, we have a relationship with you, Father. But this is hard. This is hard stuff. Many of us are carrying years worth of baggage around with us. God, will you help us today to release it, to put it down and to walk in freedom, to walk in obedience to you, and to forgive others because you have forgiven us and because we know that through it we're set free. God, help us to have the courage to do that. Help us to find the freedom in that today. 
And for those of us that aren't quite ready yet, God, help us to continue to journey down this road so that we can find that freedom someday soon. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray, amen.